Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Specials, the Batman Original Graphic Novel, Episode 2. This episode we are bringing you Batman Noel, and joining me today I have my normal comrades. This is Comrade Number 1, Don Norvin. This is Comrade Jinx. <laughs> and this is Gratia. <laughs> oh dear, this is so right. locked on her shoulder. Alright, so as I, I said... Should I away? The internet might track me down. That's up to you. Your name is posted on the articles on the website, so it's kind of relevant. Keep all this in. <laughs> um, and as I said, we were bringing you Batman Noel. Hopefully you were able to check out the uh, first episode where we talked about Batman Earth 1. We obviously have more graphic novels that we'll be covering in the future as well, but this one we'll be covering Batman Noel, which... Coincidentally, right around the one-year time frame of the release of the uh, the actual graphic novel, as well as uh, the fact that it's Christmas and we're releasing this in December, kind of makes you think that maybe might have planned this. But uh, we might we might be just a little that we, that might be giving us a little too much credit. So, without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Don. He's going to give us uh, he's going to talk about Batman Noel. Come on, Batman! It's Christmas Eve. Let's kick back and get into the spirit. The Joker's escaped from Arkham Asylum, Robin. And you really think he's going to make his move on Christmas Eve? Even scum spend the holidays with their families. He has no family. Okay, I'll make a deal with you. If we go out on patrol and Gotham is quiet with no sign of the Joker, we come back here, have Christmas dinner, and watch It's a Wonderful Life. You know, I've never seen that. I could never get past the title. Hi, everybody. Batman Noel, written and illustrated by Lee Bermejo, from the creator of the New York Times bestselling Joker, as it says on the cover. This is a Christmas story, and uh, if you listen in or if you read the story, you might have noticed that it has some similarities with a certain Charles Dickens tale. So uh, is this uh, a modernization, a Batmanization, as it were, of A Christmas Tale? Yes, but read and find out for yourself. So it starts off with some narration as we see uh, a snow-blanketed Gotham around Christmas time as there are Christmas lights and decorations and happy holidays, billboards with Santa Claus, and a man is talking to what we're assuming is his child or his son. And soon we are uh, presented images of the Batman running across the snowy rooftops of Gotham as the bat signal lights up the snowy-filled, cloudy sky. They were introduced to a man who basically is Bob Cratchit. I don't know if he's actually uh, named that in the story, but he is. That's, that's who the character is. Uh, he's looking very nervous, very scared. The narration tells us that he works for Scrooge, as is the story. He's given instructions to pick up a, um, a package after knocking on a random door, and we see Batman chase after him. Batman eventually gets a jump on him, and uh, as Bob Cratchit tries to flee, Batman ropes around his leg with a bat rope and starts screaming. Uh, I could do my best Christian Bale impression, but let's not do it tonight. He does ask him, you know, wh- who, who hired you? What, do you want, what did you want to do? Tell me now. And uh, basically screaming and gurring in his face while Cratchit is rife with fear. So he eventually lets him go, saying you're better as, as live bait than jail bait, but sneaks a bat tracer onto his scarf. So he, I'm not sure if he tracks him down, or eventually Batman finds a an abandoned toy shop and tries to find the Joker, but eventually sees a joke that says, another joke goes right over your head. Uh, 
slow old man. And Batman grimaces as he crushes the piece of paper with all of his mighty strength. We cut then to uh, Bob Cratchit and his little boy Timmy putting up a little makeshift Christmas tree. And the two are having a little bit of a strained relationship because Bob Cratchit is a criminal. Um, and then we cut back to the Batcave. Batman is having surveillance with uh, both the Joker's files, that's who he's chasing, and Cratchit and his son. Alfred saying, is this really necessary? And Bruce basically saying, yes, they're all criminal scum, and I hate them. So as Alfred is leaving the Batcave, we're seeing allusions to a Christmas story more. Bruce is seeing in the Batcave some spirits of Robin haunting his consciousness, basically playing the Marley, that's the character's name, right? Marley? Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that guy. Uh, his old partner, um, basically haunting him. Uh, Bruce also has a cold. It's, 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 it's given later on in the story that he might have pneumonia because he's been running around in the snow all the time. So as Batman, he meets Commissioner Gordon and Gordon says that a certain cat burglar, it's Catwoman, wants to meet him later on off of Springs Auction House tonight. Batman says, I have more important things just to worry about with a Joker. And Gordon says, you always see somebody about that cough. Hey, I'm not a doctor. You see me smoking a, uh, a pipe, but you you look you sound pretty sick. So Batman eventually meets uh, Catwoman off the old spring building, and they give chase. She basically wanted to play around with him, and he's yelling, "Say, I want information. Where's the Joker? Tell me now!" And she's angry, says, "What happened to you? Why are you so mean? We used to play around. You used to be different." And we see old flashbacks of them in the Silver Age <laughs> with her crazy purple costume and giant tigers. So they scuffle for a bit, and she gives chase, and there's more flashbacks to the good old days when Batman had a yellow oval around his symbol, and they fought the colorful villains such as Penguin and Scarecrow and Two-Face, and the Joker. Eventually, Batman tries to leap over over across a building, but falls and lands in what we're assuming is Crime Alley, because he has a flashback of his parents' death. But eventually, uh, he is met by Superman, who says, hey, you need a hand, looks like you could use one. Superman uses his X-ray vision to see that, yes, Batman probably has pneumonia and wants to fly him around Gotham to hang out with him for a bit. They're doing more surveillance on Cratchit. And, uh, again, Superman says this is really necessary. And Batman gives this whole, you know, crime is, crime is scum speech. And he's being very, very nasty and negative. Superman says, here, let me show you this. Let me, let me show you uh, the city how I see it. And he shows them all, all these people in Gotham City celebrating... Uh, the holidays and spending time with their loved ones, and even Jim Gordon, you know, spending time with a fellow officer, showing uh, peace and goodwill among men. Batman tries to ignore this as best he can, so Superman gives up and says, "All right, I'll see you later," and draws him off next to the Batmobile. As Batman is about to enter the Batmobile, it explodes, and Superman somehow doesn't hear the explosion. So as Batman is passing out, we see a purple garbed figure walk slowly towards him. It's the Joker, and he's dragging him through the cemetery and dumping him into an open grave. Batman is completely passed out and is having these visions of what, what if he was not there and the consequences of his actions. We see that the city devolve into chaos between people modeling themselves after Batman and people modeling themselves after the Joker and instigating some sort of crime, uh, sort of gang war uh, by Batman and Gotham City imposters. We also see Jim Gordon being under arrest for aiding and abetting a known vigilante. We see the Wayne, Wayne Manor estate being sold. We see Alfred penniless and sad. And we see Batman buried uh, with a tombstone reading, Here lies the bat. He died boring, predictable, and nobody loved him. Batman wants to prove that wrong by ra- rising from his proverbial grave. 
Back at the home of the Cratchits, uh, someone is knocking on the door. Bob Cratchit's passed out with a bat, and little Timmy answers the door to see, not Santa Claus, but the Joker. So the Joker bursts in and uh, threatens little Timmy because Bob Cratchit screwed up. He points a gun in his face, and just in time, Batman bursts through the window, and a scuffle ensues. Uh, during the fight, the gun is freed from Joker's hands, and Cratchit grabs it, pointing a gun at Joker's face. Batman says, no, 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 show your son. You're not the same as him. Show him what a hero is. Put the gun down and don't kill him. So he doesn't kill Joker. Joker is arrested. The day is saved. And Batman, throughout this little uh, <laughs> analogy to the Christmas story, feels a little bit more at home and at peace. So he falls asleep in the Batcave, feeling a little better about himself. And as our story ends, we reveal that the entire thing was told to little Timmy by Bob Cratchit. As he asks, what do you think the moral of the story was? The end. It was nice of Commissioner Gordon to give you that recording of It's a Wonderful Life. And it is a wonderful life. It has its moments. Well, I so, uh, as I've been, uh, saying over this synopsis, this is essentially a Christmas story done by Lieber Mayho for Batman, inserting Batman characters. And, um, I want to say this first. As this is basically, uh, a Batman Christmas story, how do you guys think it ranked? Do you think it got the, the point of a Christmas story off well? Do you think Batman works well in this, uh, in this setting? And do you think, eventually think that, like, this was effective as a Christmas story? I think obviously the, the there was direct references to Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, and you know those were noticeable as far as you know the different the different ghosts as as uh, it was originally in the Christmas Carol. But the thing is, I felt as if it was almost kind of more forced upon us as far as it being a Christmas story. Um, you know, obviously we had snow, we had there was a billboard with Santa on it, there was. You know, you could see Batman's breath in a lot of the scenes when he was outside. So clearly, I mean, it was supposed to take place in the winter, but I didn't feel as if it needed to take place in the winter. I felt like it needed to, it took place in the winter because they were linking it to the Christmas Carol. And I don't know, I just felt like it was forced as a Christmas story because of the timing that they wanted to release it. But then again, obviously, he worked on this for quite some time before it was actually released, so it's not as if they planned on releasing it and they said, okay, you need to get this done by X and X time so we can release this around Christmas. I'm sure that wasn't the case at all, but I don't know. The the story itself just felt too forced as far as connecting to the Christmas Carol, and it wasn't it wasn't connected as much as it could have been, but I still think it it felt forced. I I agree. Um, obviously, I mean, it looks cold and there's snow everywhere. But other than that, I think it it doesn't really relate to Christmas all that well. Other than the fact that it is a reinterpretation of uh, a Christmas Carol, which I don't think it needs to be. I think that holds down the story. Um, and Lieber Mayo probably could have done something more interesting but maybe he needed the structure because he's an artist before a writer so maybe he needed that structure to write a story um as for batman's place within it i don't think it works uh especially at the beginning when we see bob um and it you know from the fact that he's meant to be bob cratchit it, 
I, I thought it was played out more that he was working for the Joker and that's why just delivering this package and then it kind of seems to switch quickly into Batman is supposed to be Scrooge uh, because obviously he's grumpy. But and and again, I mean, the first time I saw Bob and suspecting what I thought, I initially thought that it was Bob the Goon, which I gave Lieber <laughs> Mayer credit for. But then I, I quickly remembered that I was reading a Christmas Carol. So, but uh, no, I, I don't think it works particularly well. Um, I, I think that there are some interesting parts of it. I think that the the villains chosen as the the ghosts. I suppose are chosen well and they work within it but the whole thing is very heavy-handed and i think batman coughing all the way through and things it's you need people telling him that he's sick for that to really come across so i think it's all very heavy-handed you know it, it certainly does have aspects that resonate with christmas and i think this is this is what dustin was getting at when he said you know <laughs> there's no there's a Christmas tree. You can see Batman's breath. Um, but, and, and I guess you got some good feelings and lessons surrounding the season, but it really felt more overwhelming just a Batman tale rather than a Christmas tale. And it is definitely about the redemption of Batman through the interactions with different characters and him ultimately doing the right thing. But really, Dickens' words are just slapped onto the story. And frankly, I just felt like it, it, if it would have been, it would have been a better Christmas tale if it had modeled itself after It's a Wonderful Life. I think that would have been more appropriate. And, you know, I also felt like I had seen many of these, uh, of, I don't know, scenes, interactions before No Man's Land. You know, after all, Superman did come to try to fix everything uh, in No Man's Land, but realized it was just too much and ended up leaving. And he comes over here and talks a little bit and leaves also. So that seemed very similar. And Batman is being gradually broken down by his sickness. And then, of course, he's taking advantage of a Joker. And this seemed similar to me, uh, to that of Nightfall. So it just seemed like, hey, man, let's take Batman, let's mold it somehow to Charles Dickens' tale. And, you know, some things don't don't really fit. I, I thought that that was just sort of like sticking a square peg into a circular hole. You know, the peg could have been Batman. Let's try to squeeze it in to the Charles Dickens' tale. And it just it wasn't fitting for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish it up. Um, I think that this story is best sort of like, uh, I really don't like this pun, but I, I think this story is best illustrated and how effective it is as a Christmas story by the art. And by that, I mean that like, I think the art is by and large very, very good and great to look at, but as opposed to the Joker hardcover, uh, graphic novel, which I thought was really good. This, I think that, like, um, a lot of times the art looks a little bit exaggerated. Like, Bob Cratchit and his son in general look really kind of, they look like they're, they're, they're cartoon characters being drawn realistically. And I think that kind of, that kind of, uh, relates to the storytelling in that there are a lot of really broad strokes and, uh, this, in like the whole analogy of the Christmas tale. I think that starting it off, uh, with open narration for the, uh, for the artwork was, was cool. And having Batman, you know, start running around on the roots was, was good. But like, and then, the, like, like I think Joe said, it becomes 
then it goes to like you know this is Bob Cratchit's story, and but then it's not. It's it's a uh, Batman story, and Batman's story is that he's in a bad mood, and I think that like that being the main theme, or at least the main crux of the of uh, the main fundamental dilemma of the story, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> making Batman Scrooge is an easy idea. I think that it sort of hinges, and this actually kind of dovetails into, uh, the reason why I don't think this works as well, and this kind of dovetails into my second point, is how it tends to characterize Batman, which I guess I'm going to get into now. Uh, because the, the point of, uh, Christmas story is the redemption of Scrooge and how Scrooge's re- realization of how Christmas is wonderful sort of helps his character along and pushes about the theme that Christmas is wonderful. I don't think this story has much to do about Christmas as it, as it does Batman basically getting over himself. And I think for this story to, for the story to want to have itself work is that Batman is just this grumpy old such and such. And you can make that argument, but I think that like he's done a little too outlandish here. I mean, um, I mean, I could, I could just find out, say that like his whole conversation with Bob Cratchit is basically saying like, where are the drugs going? Do I look like a cop? Where's the truck? Like all that kind of crap. And the, the difference in that one and like the actual movies is that Christian Bale and Batman, but Batman in those movies, those scenes, is kind of intimidating the, the, the thief to, you know, to put across the character to be intimidating. Whereas here, you see that's how, that's how Bruce Wayne actually thinks, at least in this, in this setting. And I think that like, it's not so much related to Christmas as it is sort of, you know, Batman kind of get over it. And I'm not sure how it really, really works. So, uh, again, to reiterate the second point, how do you guys feel Bat- or Bermejo had Batman being portrayed in the story? Well, you know, I-, I did overall enjoy the story, I think, and found it entertaining. But I actually did not really care much for the characterization of Batman. It really didn't seem like Batman to me. You know, I did see the true portrait of him, I think, while he, he spoke with J- or spoke about Jason or he sort of did his dance with Catwoman. Uh, but what really ruined it for me was uh, the interaction he had with Superman uh, talking about uh, Jimmy and, uh, wait, hold on, Bob and his son. You know, Superman asked, isn't it bad form for a hunter to use parents or children as bait? And Batman says, justice comes at a price. This one is going to help me reel in the crown. He works for him, and it just sort of goes on there, like using them. And and the Batman to me, yeah, he's got that rough edge, but he always tries to, I think, to a certain extent, help somebody that he knows is not too far gone. And I feel like he would have helped Bob Cratchit out. He wouldn't have used him in this manner. Um, and, and I don't know, he would have tried to get him out of this business. But from the first time that he met him, he was just, like, really heavy-handed. And I feel like he would have just, just, like, sort of scared him out of that business. But it was it was certainly more than that. And, and that just didn't really sit well to me. You know, it just seems like one step beyond Batman. And I don't know. Uh, you know, he, he, he shows compassion when it counts. And I think this is just going beyond the crazed Batman uh, that he becomes when it... It's involving the Joker. I think, like I was kind of saying earlier, I think it's all very heavy-handed. I think Lieberman is kind of forcing this image of Batman being uh, completely disassociated from the people of Gotham, and as if he just doesn't really care anymore. All he's doing is trying to beat up bad guys, and he doesn't—he's not looking out for the people anymore. But I—I uh, I think that's kind of forced upon us more than it's really more than uh, we discover that for ourselves. I think it's. 
Lieber Mayo kind of out and out tells us that's what's going on. Yeah, I think ultimately that the the characterization of Batman is is very very closely related to the Chris Nolan stuff, as far as like what Don said, as far as you know the fact that his voice when he talks almost comes across as if Christian Bale is shouting, as he does in in the Batman movies. That and 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 I don't think that Bermejo is wrong in doing that. I think the problem is that. That's not the common characterization of Batman that we see in in the everyday, you know, week to week release of the comics. So that's why it comes off as a concern as far as well, this isn't the Batman that we're used to. So of course it's going to come across like the movies. But I mean, I don't really have a, a problem against it. I just I, I definitely think it's it's it feels as if you know Christian Bale is shouting when. We see that in this comic. Well, see, I would disagree with that because, I, I like I said, when Christian, <laughs> when Batman in those movies is, is screaming to the point of being uh, inaudible, that's not really him. That's not that's not like you know him actually doing that because crime is scum. That's him being Batman to freak out the, the, the criminals, like when he did it with Flash and Batman Begins. Uh, you could argue that in Dark Knight Rises because he really wanted to punch Bane in the face and does so repeatedly, but like. He's not going back to the Batcave saying, like, yes, Michael Caine, criminals are scum and I hate them. Like, here... Nobody still uses that voice, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, here, like, like, for instance, okay, for instance, in Batman Begins, after he yells at Flash and says, you know, where are the other jokes going? He's cr- climbing the wall and runs to that kid and gives the kid that very expensive piece of equipment, which he probably shouldn't have done. He still has, like, you know, that humanization, which, which what rounds out the character... It's not just him yelling at people, whereas in this story, Bermejo is trying to illustrate Batman as getting to the point where all he cares about really is punishing people for the sake of punishing people and not really being uh, a crime fighter who's out to help the city. And again, you know, that's, that's a story to tell, but he, he tries to put the, uh, he tries to put a stamp on it so much that it just, it comes, it becomes, at least to, in my case, at least in my reading of it, a little bit too much where I don't really buy it as much because it's too... It's, even for Batman, who can get really dark, it's a little bit too much to buy that he's become this... He's more of a jerk than anything. And I think that, like, you can you can say that Batman's paranoid or, you know, he doesn't trust people or he's dark, but I don't think that, like, he's such the fact that he just has this disdain for humanity, th- that Scroogean disdain of humanity, where it makes the analogy fully accurate. And I and I would agree with that, to the most part. I mean, obviously, there's there, Bermejo does a little bit stronger of a job as far as getting the revenge aspect and the the I guess the gritty the the true grittiness of Batman uh, down more so than any other incarnation of Batman. I guess what I I guess what I was trying to say was his voice comes across as the same way that it was coming across in the Chris Nolan films. With the, you know, he's him talking like he has a frog in his throat the entire time. <laughs> but that, that's really where I, what I meant. But I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think it's as I, I don't think it's as bad as we've seen some other ones because honestly, Frank Miller in, in some of his Batman stuff has made Batman sound ex- almost exactly the same as Bermejo has done in this issue. So. I don't know that it's it's absolutely horrible the way it goes, but I think the reality is that he's trying to get across that 
Batman has a specific purpose, and the purpose is, you know, he has a purpose, and it's not to be nice to the, you know, the Joe Schmo that he walks into on the street. I see what you're saying. Um, but, I don't know, I, I don't really agree that he has this sort of, like, dour outlook like uh, like Scrooge does. I, th- I mean, he's certainly no Boy Scout like Superman, but if he had such a poor outlook on humanity, he wouldn't be doing what he was doing because that would mean there'd be no hope of redeeming anyone. And I think that Batman is always there for Joe Schmo uh, because he doesn't want people to follow in, in either Joe Chill's footsteps or the Joker's footsteps. So he will put so- somewhat of the hammer down, at least to correct to maybe he'll overcorrect them, but to at least put them on the straight and narrow path, and to say that he doesn't care about Joe Schmo, I think is, I think that's, um, I don't, I, I don't think that's Batman. I think that he does care about the little person and trying to get them the way they're supposed to be. Because if you can't help the the smaller crook out, then you have no way of redeeming the larger crooks. And I think you've got to build it from the bottom up. So I'm, well, I'm a little unsettled by that. Right, and I agree. I think. The, the thing is, that's not how I think Batman is either. I don't want to say, I don't want it to come across as that's how I think Batman is. But I think that's how, what he did in this, this, this issue is that he is more concerned. He has a specific mission and it's not the Joe right. Schmo aspect. Okay. And that's why I think the whole point of this one was bringing back, you know, bringing the Christmas Carol in, but then at the same time also making it so that Batman doesn't end up doing anything with this you know, subpar criminal that he's, you know, is the story is basically around as far as him being the Bob Cratchit and Batman being the Scrooge because Batman ultimately gives him a second chance, which, you know, we, we know Batman would normally do that with a lot of small time criminals, but that's not how it's portrayed in this book. It's portrayed in this book as Batman has, you know, a, a zero tolerance you are a criminal or you're not a criminal. If you're a criminal, you're on my crap list. So, I think it kind of comes down partly as to whether we think this is an alternate universe or not. Um, obviously, the costume would dictate that this isn't the regular Batman that we know. But, um, I mean, there, there's still references to past continuity, albeit from the Silver Age slash 60s TV show. Um, I mean... <laughs> What sort of, I mean, do you think this is a Batman from another time period or a alternate universe? Or? I think Burbano just wanted to draw uh, the characters in different ways. I don't, I don't think it's really like, I really don't think that you need to look at this and this takes place between Batman 491 or whatever like that. I think, uh, I think at the time, it definitely, you could have this in regular continuity, but like, like, you know, there, because there has been a Robin who died and he, and he did have different costumes. I like the idea that he has different costumes in regular continuity, but, I don't think it really matters to where you need to do that. I think it kind of comes down to, I mean, if it is a different continuity, then it's slightly easy to forgive the characterization yeah. of Batman. Um, albeit we don't necessarily, we don't like it, but it's easy to forgive and accept that that's how he is in this story. And then it's more about the redemption of Batman rather than us having to come to terms with him being like this in the first place before he, uh, you know, he changes his ways. Yeah, I agree. If this were an Elseworlds, Elseworlds tale, then I, I think, you know, even reading that on the cover, like, you would already be in that sort of mindset, okay, like, this is, you know, another Batman, sort of like 
red rain or something like that. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a cop-out or not, but, you know, that's kind of nice to see him in, a, in another aspect. But to say that this is the Batman that we're reading here now, that's what sort of is, like, shaping again, like, this personality versus the one that we consistently read and the one that, you know, I thoroughly respect reading. Well, uh, to be honest, though, uh, at least from like what my reading is, if this is supposed to be like an alternate tale that forgives Batman's personality, I think it's a little bit disingenuous, which is kind of goes back to like you know I don't think, at least I mean I think it works for the story, but like I think it's also a bit of a cheat at the same time because you're saying that Batman on the on the you know on on the regular, as the kids say, Batman's like this kind of you know this this teeth grittingly you know nasally jerk, and again it works for the story, but. It, the story has to work on 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 the on the mainline uh, context that he is that, and like I guess I guess it's you know just kind of apples and oranges. Maybe it's because it's a comic book because I wouldn't mind that if it's another medium, but maybe we're going in circles. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it's a good discussion. Just I mean, we love this character so much that I think you know we want to get his his personality and his characterization uh, right. So it's a good discussion to have. You know, is this the Batman that we know and love, or? Or is it not? So even if we are going in circles, I think it was a good discussion. I agree, and that's, that's why you have things like this, and you have things like Batman: Brave and the Bold, which uh, right, yeah, people are wrong to hate because it's awesome. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, and we don't want like the Christmas Carol. The final uh, point that I have is that this is uh, if you're listening to this, Batman lovers, and think that this is the first uh, Batman story where he's inserted the Christmas uh, Christmas. A Christmas story, uh, then you're wrong because uh, in the early 90s, there was this story written by Jeff Loeb and uh, illustrated by Tim Sale. And it's collected in the Haunted at Night trade paperback where, I forget what it's called, but it was basically the same idea where Batman was going through, it was in the Scrooge uh, template and was going through like the, uh, the Christmas story story. All the villains were sort of the ghosts of Christmas and essentially it's the same kind of line, but and comparing with this, we were talking about Batman's persona, and um, how did that differ? The main point is this: how did that differentiate from uh, this story, and uh, which do you think was more effective? Because it's essentially the same idea. How would you compare and contrast this story with that Christmas story in Haunted Nights? And it should be said that it actually takes place during Halloween, but whatever. Well, I guess I'll. Just start since I just started in on everything. Uh, I think that, you know, just everything we've been talking about, you know, Noel is, is more rough around the edges and, and it's overall, it's, it's, it's darker though. It's ultimately has, you know, a happy and heartfelt ending with uh, Bob and his son and somewhat of a happy ending with Batman, even though he needs some chicken soup for the soul for sure. Uh, but I, I absolutely love Taunted Night. And, you know, it does have some, some dark threads through it, but I think overall it had more heart to it, and it had a better en- ending and fulfillment for Bruce. The spirits were more related to Bruce, I think. Um, I mean, Superman, he, he's related to him, but he's still, I mean, it's not like it, it's his BFF. And, and deeper personal issues for Bruce and, you know, the man he could become, whereas Noel just sort of relates to a mission and, and personal history with those characters. So I think it, it really, for Noel to work as um, a, a 
Dickens' tale, it really needs to get to the heart of, of Bruce and Batman's issues. And I think it only touches on the surface of that, whereas Haunted Night really does, I think, get to some of the issues that he was having at that point in time. So in my point, or in my opinion, I think that Haunted Night uh, succeeded better as a, a holiday tale. I think I guess I'll start off by saying that I probably prefer the artwork of Haunted Night. Um, I, I love Tinsel's artwork and the exaggerated style or the expressive style of it. Um, I, I mean, I did I did like Liebermeyer's artwork a lot. I thought it was very good, very skillful, you know, anatomically and everything he did. Um, obviously, slightly reminiscent of Alex Ross in parts because of the painterly style, but. It worked better because it was easier to it, it flowed better. Whereas Alex Ross's work looks very static and can be quite cramped. Um, I found this very easy to read, and the coloring as well I thought was great, especially with mm-hmm. Superman and how he he really looked warm on the page. But back to Haunted Night, um, I think I kind of said earlier how I I like the choice of spirits in. Noel and I think that they work better for the most part in that than in Haunted Night because I, I mean, it's kind of played out that the spirits aren't, are, are, you know, they just take the form of Batman's rogues. Um, the, <clears throat> the, uh, the past being Poison Ivy, present being Joker, and then the future being a, uh, a dead Batman, I guess. But I think they work better in Noel and they just seem to be, chosen quite randomly in Haunted Night uh, especially Poison Ivy and Joker I don't think they work and I especially don't think they work with the source material the the future Batman however I think that works better than the use of the Joker in Noel and I think that was more down to Liebermeyer wanting to draw the Joker but again uh, yeah <laughs> well I guess that's kind of you know, what a lot of people know him for but yeah, I think that the future Batman worked a lot better in Haunted Night. It made more sense with the story, but the past and present Spectres were, I think, far better in Batman Noel, and the the story that went along with them, I think, worked well. I think, ultimately, Noel, as far as if... Just, just comparing it to, the, to Haunted Night on the Christmas Carol aspect, I think Haunted Night did a slightly better job of connecting... A little bit better to the Christmas Carol, but not necessarily with the actual so-called ghosts. I think the as as Joe said, the past and the present ghosts for Noel worked a lot better, um, and Haunted Night had a much better future one. But the the thing is, I I still think that the story that Haunted Night presented was a little bit better connection to um, Christmas Carol more so than. Uh, Noel, and I think it just comes back down to what I said earlier as far as Noel just felt very forced as if it had to be connected to Christmas Carol. And the problem is, like, I, I actually agree with Stella when, when she said earlier that it could have been, it, it would have been better as It's a Wonderful Life because I think ultimately maybe they should have done that because the fact that they already had a holiday story with Batman that focused or that used the Christmas Carol in the past, means I would want to do something that hasn't been done. And It's a Wonderful Life would have been a good one, especially for Batman, because I think Batman is a perfect candidate for the character that Jimmy Stewart plays in mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. I think that would have been, worked a lot better, more so than 
the uh, Christmas Carol. And it just goes back to, again, what we said earlier as far as Batman is not the Scrooge that is being made out in these things. And that's that's the problem. He's not, you know, this cold-hearted person who doesn't care about anybody except for punching faces in so I think It's a Wonderful Life would have been better where, you know, he's met with a hard and difficult decision, but ultimately, you know, after being shown the possibilities of what could happen, like It's a Wonderful Life, you know, it, you know it's a completely different story. And I think that would have been a better story for Bermejo to go off of. But comparing it to Haunted Night, I think Haunted Night did a better job because it also has the fact that it was the first of the two to do it, so it does have that... Um, it does have its first footing. It's not as if they had something that they were comparing themselves to when they first did that story. So I think Haunted Night worked better for Christmas Carol. The ghosts, uh, for the majority, were better during Noel. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I agree as well. And I think I, the thing I like about Haunted Night is that you can kind of take it as that genuinely happened or Bruce Wayne ate some bad shrimp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, I, I come down on the fact that, like, wow, I think that Noel is more catered to be a Christmas story. The art's, the art's a lot more Christmassy. It actually takes place during Christmas. Um, and there's more visualizations. I think there's, it's more tailored to be in line with a Christmas story. However, I'm more inclined to go with Haunted Night in, as being a more effective, uh, story in using the same kind of, uh, format in that, Batman's character is a lot more intact. Uh, for one thing, the, the, the story was originally printed in Legends of the Dark Knight, which was a, a title in the early 90s where it was basically untold tales of Batman from the early in his career. And Batman at that point had not really teamed up with uh, Lucius Fox, which is sort of a subplot in the story, in that he was going to like make the – by the end, he makes the Wayne Foundation to help the less fortunate. And the, the basic theme is that where he was at first kind of being more towards a little bit more withdrawn in his Bruce Wayne persona, he becomes more willing to help people in his Bruce Wayne persona by the end, as opposed to just being concentrated on being Batman. Noel is more concentrated on Batman's personality and how you should, you know, just basically not be such a misanthrope. misanthrope. Uh, and I feel that just off the top, off, off the bat, that just doesn't feel really right with the character. It's sort, it's a lot more like, People around, you know, in the in the DC continuity think that Batman's a jerk and doesn't like anybody, but that's not really how the character is, due to how we how we read him. But the writer is saying that that's how he is, and we know that we know that's sort of a false conceit, it's a false narrative. Whereas with Haunted Night, the 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 Christmas story theme may not work as well as in Noel, but at the same time, the characterization is good enough, and the point is made across to where it's a lot more believable. Um, and there's also really well, good as well. And I think that, honestly, for a Batman story, I think ha- Halloween is a more appropriate setting. So, while the, I think Noel gets a lot right in terms of it trying to be a Christmas story and a Christmas, a Christmas tale and a Christmas story adaptation, I think ultimately a Haunted Night might be better in that it gets the character of Batman a lot better, uh, a lot, e- uh, with, you know, in a lot easier, in a lot of an easier way without, with, by doing less. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Noel is an all-out bad story, but like the way Batman's depicted is a bit of a fundamental flaw, which I can't really get past. While Haunted Night pro- progressed the character in that in that story uh, to full effect. And all right, so yeah. that is Batman Noel. So for Batman Noel, I will give a total of three out of five batarangs. I too will agree with my host. Three out of five batarangs. 
Um, I think to quickly sum up for me, uh, this is, you kind of have to look at this in two ways, although both of them kind of have negative connotations in that if you look at this as just a Batman story, I don't think it's particularly strong. If you look at it in the context of a Christmas Carol, you know, a take on that, then it's better, although you still have the issue with Bruce, or well, Batman being really forced into the role of Scrooge. So, I mean, it's, it's slightly stronger if you look at it in that way, but it still has a lot taken away from it. So I'll give it three and a half out of five batterings. And I will also give it three and a five. All right, so Batman Noel gets a total of three and a half out of five batterings. So that is the end of our second episode of the Batman Original Graphic Novels. Be sure to check out the website for all the latest news related to everything uh, related to Batman, including the comics, movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news. Be sure to check out the editorials on the website as well. You can check out all of our other podcasts. We have a number of other episodes that you can check out uh, specifically that have released in the last couple months on all of the other feeds as well. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest Batman news and videos from the Batman Universe. And of course, you can always leave comments in the episode comment section on the website as well. Those are always greatly appreciated. Stay tuned for the next episode of the original, uh, the Batman original graphic novels where we will be reviewing Batman through the looking glass. Uh, that will be coming out in the coming months. So be on the lookout for that. So that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Donovan. This is Joe. And this is Stella. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Specials, the Batman Original Graphic Novels. We'll see you guys next time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Aw, give that boy some crutches. (laughs) That's a bit of a backwards compliment. (laughs) I suppose so. A barrel, fa la 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 ah!